Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March 30th, 2022. All year, I'm going to be teaching under the banner, under the theme, Intentional Progress. And right now, we are just a few weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning. This is a season that, that some people call Lent, the Lent season. And so as we're looking towards Good Friday, as we're looking towards Resurrection Sunday morning, I've been teaching on lessons that we can learn from the life of Jesus. And then recently I've been teaching about the importance of the cross and everything that Jesus did for us on the cross. One of the things that Jesus did on the cross was he ushered us from an old covenant into a new covenant. And so that's the vein that I've been flowing in, and I'm going to continue to flow in that vein today. I want you to open up your heart to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word. Listen, what I'm teaching right now, the vein that I'm flowing in, for me, this is personal because I grew up um, in a very religious mindset, uh, under a religious mindset. I grew up in a a church that I was taught a lot of rituals and rites and routines and and processes and and doing things, and this is how you do it, and, and a lot of repetitious behavior. And so I was religious but I didn't know I didn't know Jesus. I, I went to church um, like a lot religiously, but I didn't know Jesus. And at the age of 23, I was in Kuwait uh, and I was a young man. I was a staff sergeant in the United States Army and uh, I was deployed to Kuwait. And I'm looking and I saw people who, in my opinion, they knew Jesus. I didn't. I mean, they had an experience I didn't have. And I was like, my God, what is going on? Matter of fact, Clarice Burnett is on. Her husband was preaching that night her husband, the late pastor B.W. Burnett. And and I said, man, God, I don't know what this saved thing is that these people keep talking about. I've been going to church all my life. I think I'm a good person. I guess I'm saved. I don't know. But I don't have what they have. And whatever they have, that I want that. I want to know you, God. Would you save me? And that moment, I got born again. And so so, so I, I'm one of those people, I can't stand religion. I hate religion because religion focuses on you and going through a bunch of routines and rituals and all that stuff. And you may not even know Jesus. And I I mean, I didn't know Jesus. And so let's talk about the relationship that we're supposed to have. All of that leads up to to Resurrection Sunday morning, right? And so we've been talking about Resurrection Sunday. We've been talking about Good Friday and everything that Jesus did for us on the cross. One of the things that Jesus did for us on the cross was take us from the old covenant to the new covenant. And in this old covenant, there was a glory, but in the new covenant, there's a brand new glory. It's another level of glory. And this glory does never, it never fades away and it never runs out. That's what I'm going to talk about today. So let's look at some stuff. Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read for you verses 12 through 15. And then I have five things to share with you after that. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 12 through 15 from the Message Bible. This is what the Bible says. If the government of condemnation was impressive. That's the old covenant. Paul, right off the bat, says the old covenant was the government of condemnation. So if the government of condemnation was impressive, then how about this covenant? We have a brand new covenant, and he calls it the government of affirmation. Bright as the old government was, it would look downright dull alongside the new one. The new one is a whole nother level. 
if that makeshift arrangement, old covenant, he calls it a makeshift arrangement, impressed us, then how much more is this brightly shining government of the New Testament that has been installed for eternity? With that kind of hope to excite us, nothing can hold us back. Unlike Moses, we have nothing to hide. Everything is out in the open with us. Moses wore a veil over his face so the children of Israel would not notice that the glory that he had had faded away. And they didn't notice. But watch this. They didn't notice it then, and people don't notice it now. They don't notice that there's nothing left behind that veil. There's people today living under the old covenant, and they don't even notice that there's no power in that. There's nothing left behind that veil. Even today, when proclamations of that old bankrupt government is read out, when proclamations of the old covenant, he calls it a bankrupt government, is read out, they can't even see through it. Only Christ can get rid of that veil. Oh my God. Under the New Testament, only Jesus, only Christ can get rid of that veil so that they can see that, not, that there's nothing there. When Jesus came, he came to expose that that thing was a, was a, it was a type and a shadow, but it wasn't the real thing. The real thing is the new covenant. And now through Jesus, we can see that there's nothing left in the old covenant. So what does this mean for you today? I have five things to share with you on this morning. Let's get into these five things. I trust that this is going to be a blessing to you. Get ready to receive. Number one, Paul's characterization of the old covenant and the new covenant is important. Like you should think about what Paul just said and process that for you today. Paul called the, called the old government, the government of condemnation, right? Rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. So the old covenant, as a matter of fact, Paul calls it the ministry of death. And so the, the, the rules was just a ministry of condemnation. It was a government of condemnation. No matter how many goats and bullocks and turtle doves that they killed, the blood of innocent animals could never wash away the sin of a guilty man. So humans were still condemned because of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. But Jesus came and he changed all of that. Paul tells us that Jesus took us from the government of condemnation to the government of affirmation. The Bible says, now there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter eight and verse one. So once you know who you are, once you know that you're in Christ and Christ is in you, once you know that you're under the new covenant and it's a new covenant of grace, once you know that you're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. You know that you're going to heaven. You know that, you, that God loves you with an unconditional love. You know that he gave you the same Holy Spirit. He gave his own son, Jesus. He knows that, that uh, you know that, that you have the the power, the same Holy Spirit, the same love. He loves you on the, on the same level that he loves his own son. When you know all of that, it changes the way you look at God. It changes the way you look at yourself. It changes the way that you look at others. You're no longer under the bondage of, of, of sin. You're no longer living with the fear of death. You don't have to live that way. You are free. You are free to be bold and, and live this way. First John 4 17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. It's a whole new thing. It's a new covenant. And, and those of us today, listen, we were born under the new covenant, but many of us may, maybe were taught to live under the old covenant. And, and, and that's just not, it's just not the truth. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. We're supposed to be free. All right. Number two, the new covenant is permanent. Say permanent. The new covenant is permanent. The apostle Paul calls the old covenant that was written upon tablets of stone, a makeshift arrangement. He calls the new covenant that was written upon the tablets of our heart a government that was installed for eternity. 
So that's important. Jesus is not coming back again to establish another covenant. Jesus, when he went to heaven, he sat down. He didn't sit down because he was tired. He sat down because he was done. So Jesus has done everything that he needed to do. And he sat down because it's done. And he's not coming back again to to establish another covenant. When he comes back again, he's coming to judge the living and the dead. And so we have a new covenant. And this new covenant is permanent. And it was ratified with the blood of Jesus. This is a permanent covenant. So you can rest assured that your position in Christ is permanent. It is fixed. It is established. God will not walk away from you. And and so so even if you try to walk away from him. And so, so listen, we have a glory. We have a a grace that will not dissipate, unlike what happened with Moses. So there came a time where Moses was up with God and the glory of God passed before him. And there was a, when he came down from the mountain, the glory of God was emanating from his face to where the people was like, oh my God, Moses. And Moses had to put a veil over his face so that the people can look at him. And it was, oh, thank you for putting on that mask. And then, but later the glory faded away and Moses kept the mask on. He didn't keep the mask on to keep the glory from the people. He kept the mask on so they wouldn't even know that, that the glory was gone. And so, so listen, we have a glory that does not dissipate. We have a glory that will never go away. Number three, under the new covenant, nothing can hold us back. So while talking about this new covenant, the apostle Paul said in the text that we read, with that kind of hope, when you talk about the new covenant, with that kind of hope, nothing can hold us back. But I'm telling you that God is on you, in you, with you, for you, that God put his glory inside of you as an earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power and the glory could be of him and not of you. With that kind of glory, with that kind of hope, with that kind of excitement, the Bible says nothing can hold us back. See, when you think about what Jesus did for you, what he did for you on the cross and how he paid for your sin, how he delivered you from from sin and Satan and hell and the grave and he went down into the under parts of the earth and he took the keys of the kingdom back and he raised, he he was raised from the dead with all power and now all power in heaven and in earth and in under the earth has all been given unto Jesus and you and I, we're in Christ and Christ is in us. Come on now, when you know that when, when you know that there's a new covenant that was ratified with his own blood you you can't help but think how glorious this new covenant is. The, The father sent his own son to die for you. The son willingly gave his life for you. He paid a debt that you could not pay for a price that he didn't even owe. And so he did that for you. The Holy Spirit is now living inside of you every second of every day. So you should have a divine excitement that does not burn out. You have a divine excitement that does not run out. And so this is why I get up. Nobody has to pump me. Nobody has to prime me. Nobody has to say, hey, Rick, come on, man, get motivated. You got a lot of stuff to do. Come on, man, get up. Let's go. Let's. No, no, no. Nobody has to pump me. Nobody has to prime me. Nobody externally has to do anything for me to get going. Come on. When I when my feet hit the ground in the morning, I know that my calling is calling me. This, this new covenant is too glorious. The Holy Ghost is living on the inside of me. I, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm called according to the work and the purpose that God destined for me from the foundations of the world. This thing is too glorious and, and, and the glory will never fade away. Come on now. So so now I don't need anybody. With that type of excitement, nothing can hold me back. When you know that, that listen, that's how you're called to live. You, when you realize, process, analyze, 
Think about everything that Jesus did for you and how God is committed to you and how God made plans for you from the foundations of the world and how the Holy Spirit is living in you and how he would never leave you, never forsake you and never turn his back on you. Come on now. You should get up every morning knowing that nothing can hold me back. I'm excited. Why am I excited? Because I'm a son of the most high God. Like, do you realize who you are? As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Number four, under the new covenant. We have a glory that will never fade out. I mentioned this already. Let me explain. Paul tells us that Moses wore a veil over his face, not to cover the glory of God, but to cover the fact that the glory had faded. He said he, Moses, wore a veil so the children of Israel would not notice that the glory was fading away. And the text says they didn't notice. They didn't notice it then, and many don't notice it now. They don't notice that there's nothing left behind that veil. Listen, there are people that go to church Sunday after Sunday. They go to maybe Wednesday night after Wednesday night. They're going through a ritual. They're going through a routine, just like I did for 23 years of my life. I went to church all these years, and I didn't know Jesus. There are people that are going through the process, that are going through the routine. They want to be able to say, I checked. Check the block. I went to church. I, you know, I did my duty. I, I went to church. I sang some songs. They're going through that. And they don't even realize that there's no glory in that. That, that, that the glory of this process, this ritual, this routine, that, that they're going through the paces, but they don't not, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And they don't even realize that there's no glory left in that. Under the new covenant, you gotta know Jesus for yourself. Under the new covenant, you can't go through old covenant. There was an outer court, there was an inner court, there was a holy of holies. Old covenant, only one person, one once a year, got to visit the Holy Spirit. Old Covenant, a lot of people was on the outer court. They went, they did their duty, but they didn't know God. No, 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 no. You don't even realize that under that stuff, there's no glory left in that. Listen, under the new covenant, you have to know Jesus for yourself. God doesn't have any grandkids. And like your kids need to know God for themselves. Your grandkids need to know God for themselves. You, you, you can't live off of your father's faith or your grandmother's faith. You have to know Jesus for yourself. You can't be out of court. Oh, I'm just here in a court. I sing songs. No, you have to know Jesus. Under the new covenant, it has to be an intimate thing. There is a glory. There's no power left in the old covenant. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that. They're trying to please God with performance-based religion. They, 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 they read, I preach old covenant and new covenant from the Bible. Yeah, I preach the whole Bible, but I preach the whole Bible teaching the grace of God, the covenant of grace. And so, so when you look at the old within the context of the new, and you look at the new within the context of the old, you could preach the whole Bible. But I, I understand the dispensation that we're in. I understand that I'm not reading stuff with rites and rituals and routines. I understand that killing of the animals and what Aaron did and going through this and preparing this and, and sanctifying this with oil and then going through this process. I understand that that was a type of the shadow of the New Testament. I understand that I'm not, I'm reading that, but I'm not living under that. And so I'm not confused. There's no power left in the old covenant. The, the new covenant has a glory, has a power that will never run out. It will never fade away. It will never dissipate. And so, so before the old covenant was established, before, watch this, here you have, some people don't even realize that the whole Old Testament doesn't even have the whole old covenant in it. Like, like there's more stuff in the Old Testament, in the Bible, in the 39 books of the Old Testament, there's stuff in there before the actual old covenant was even established. So if you read uh, 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 everything in the Bible up until the, 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 the Ten Commandments being given, Prior to that, there was no, there was no, uh, the, the covenant of Moses was not even established. So this old covenant, there was stuff before it. So if you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, he had no rules other than one. 
I, I look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They had no no temple and and no no high priest and no no Levitical priesthood. They had none of that. So none of that stuff was established. And so what did he have? He had the Holy Spirit. And Adam and Eve in the garden, they had kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. They were supposed to extend heaven to the earth, and they operated that way. Then Abraham, with Abraham, Abraham just believed God, and it was attributed to him as righteousness. There was no law for Abraham. Abraham was not under no rules. He just believed God. And so, so listen, there was this stuff that happened before the old covenant. But then once the old covenant was established, that's where things changed. Prior to that, Adam and Eve, the Holy Spirit was living inside of Adam and Eve. But then once the Old Testament was established, the Old Covenant, okay, now let's establish this thing. Let's start with the tabernacle. And God told them how to build the tabernacle. And he said, I'm going to live here, build the Ark of the Covenant. These are the instructions. And then the Ark of the Covenant was there inside of the most holy place. And then then, then the Holy Spirit lived above the beam of seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And so, so the high priest could go in once a year. Only one person got to visit. What, what Adam had living on the inside of him, 24 by 7 by 365. And so, so no, don't get caught up in that old, old Testament, old covenant, those rites and rituals and routines. No, they had to go visit and see. But when Jesus said, it is finished. Uh, yeah, we're only a couple of weeks now away from Good Friday. On Good Friday, when Jesus said, it is finished. The Bible says that the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. This thing was 30 feet high. It was multiple inches thick. I mean, it was a huge veil and the Holy Spirit was behind that veil. The Holy Spirit was inside of the temple. The Holy Spirit was above the Ark of the Covenant. But no, 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 no. God ripped that thing. When Jesus said, it is finished, God tore, God reached down with his own hands and tore that veil from top to bottom, signifying that the Holy Spirit would no longer live there Jesus came to redeem us all the way back to the Garden of Eden. 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon man. The New Testament church was established. It was birthed. And now 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 19 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you? So you are not, you don't have to go visit a temple to visit the Holy Spirit. You are the temple and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So you are walking around with God himself on the inside of you. New Testament, you are walking around with the glory inside of you. And this is a glory that would never run out. This is a glory that would never fade away. This is a glory that would never dissipate. So, so you, you're walking around, you are taking God with you and his glory into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity that you engage in on a daily basis. Say amen to that, glory to God. Number five and finally, last thing for today, the reality of what Jesus did back then should empower you and drive you today. So, so this is a time of the year where, where we remind people, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, we remind people of what Jesus did. We remind people of what Jesus did on the cross, but this is not a history lesson. So we're not going through all of this to give you a history lesson. The Bible is not a textbook to study. The Bible is a life book to live. And so, so at, at the end of the day, I'm trying to teach you about what happened then so that it can impact you Today. So as I close, let me tell you a few things. As you head into this day, think about the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and live your life worthy of his death. Live your life worthy of that sacrifice. As you head into this day, think about the purpose of the old covenant and how it did what it was supposed to do. It proved to humanity that we needed a savior and that savior came and his name is Jesus. And Jesus has ushered us into a new and everlasting covenant based on the grace of God. As you head into this day, think about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He, the, the moment you made Jesus, you repented of sin 
and made Jesus your Lord and dedicated your life to Christ, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. And now that he's inside of you, you have the same Holy Spirit that Adam had in the Garden of Eden when he was exercising kingdom, dominion, power, and authority over this planet. You, now that you're born again, you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had when he was exercising power over the kingdom of darkness in this world. So you're supposed to continue what Jesus started. You are the continuation of his incarnation. Jesus took your place on the cross. And he went back to heaven and he sat down, not because he was tired, but because he was done. And so, so now you're supposed to take his place in this world. You know, when people look at you, they're supposed to see Jesus. You, you, are, you should not live your life based on going to heaven someday. No, you should live your life focused on bringing heaven to the earth every day. That's how we're supposed to live. God put this glory on the inside of you. And listen, this glory is from him and not from us. So live your life focused on letting that glory out. You are a human conduit of the divine. That's what Good Friday is about. That's what Resurrection Sunday is about. No, it's not about bunny rabbits. It's not about colorful eggs. It's not about kids running around. Where's the egg? Where's the egg? Let me take a picture with the bunny rabbit. Okay, look, I'm not, you know, if you want to do that, I'm not against that. I'm not, <laughs> but, but, but Resurrection Sunday has nothing to do with that, by the way. It, it's about the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus paid for our sin. God raised him from the dead with all power in his hand. That's what we're talking about. It's a glory that never dissipates. It would never run out. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Glory to God. Woo, that was a lot. I want you to speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me the importance of the cross. The more I study the law that you established through Moses, the more I understand why Jesus had to die. When Moses received the Old Covenant, your law was written upon tablets of stone, and he wore a veil over his face. Initially, the veil was to cover the glory, but eventually the glory faded away. Jesus came. He fulfilled the law, and he established a new covenant. This covenant is a new and everlasting covenant. It was ratified with Jesus's own blood. I have been born again. I'm under the new covenant. This covenant will last forever. Under this covenant, I have access to your glory. And this glory will never fade. Under the new covenant, I have access to your power. And this power will never run out. There's nothing I can't do because there's nothing you can't do and you live inside of me. So I enter this day determined to make kingdom impact in every meeting, every conversation, and all the activity that I engage in. I'll do this by your grace. I'll do this for your glory. Living this way, I know greater is coming from me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. Tomorrow, I have another one tomorrow, right? So think about this word today. Meditate on it. Get this down in your heart. Man, this is a glory that it will never run out. It will never fade away. It will never dissipate. Let's talk about the glory of God. Let's embrace everything that Jesus died to give us. Do me a favor. Go into the chat. 
and leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Oh, 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 oh